0: How a career in innovation sparked an idea for a new product for dogs, a new funding scheme for businesses operating within the blue economy, and a company which is enjoying the fruits from the lucrative esports sector. Good morning, I'm Carl Fitzpatrick and welcome to Business Matters. Well, my first guest's career is defined by innovation. Having worked in innovation roles with Diageo and Kellogg's, Francis O'Reilly has now launched a product to keep dogs dry. Francis, we'll be discussing your business, Dog Dry, but first, as I mentioned, innovation really has been the hallmark of your career to date.
1: It has, yeah. So I started my career um, I, from university. I graduated into 18% unemployment, if you can imagine that. And I was lucky enough to get a job with um, Guinness at the time on their graduate um, recruitment programme. So I spent quite a bit of my time working in brand marketing and then I branched into innovation and... Um, And I suppose the thing about innovation is it's it's a company-wide activity. So it brings in all of supply chain, all of sales, all of product development. So you really need to understand how the the business as a whole works to make innovation work within a company, certainly within a large company.
0: So what was Diageo's approach to developing that culture internally?
1: Well, the Azure had a very structured process, um, a stage gate process that's employed by many um, large companies, where as different, you develop an idea to a certain stage. So from early stage ideas, does this look like it could be a viable business? And then there's a, a very senior meeting where the decision makers say, yes, we're going to back this to the next stage and we're going to resource it, or no, this idea is not good enough to go through and we're going to put it aside and work on something else. So there were... You know, four or five set piece meetings um, along the journey, the final one would being the decision, yes, you're ready to launch and here are the resources to make it happen.
0: And starting with Diageo in terms of product launches, which of those were you actively involved in?
1: Well, I was actively involved both here, actually, and overseas. So I, I spent five years working for Diageo in Africa. So I, I launched some Guinness Innovations and, and multi-Guinness Innovations while I was in Africa. Um, I worked on some products that didn't get through to the final stage. So ones that, one that the, the business made the decision, OK, we're not going to proceed with this. Um, I led the launch of Captain Morgan Rum in Ireland. Um, so, yeah, those would the, the, the be bigger, the bigger ones.
0: And looking back at those launches, what strategies were most effective for you in commercializing these products?
1: It's always about making sure that you're really clear on what it is you're offering to the target consumer and do they want what it is you're offering? It, it, it boils down to something really that simple. But then, obviously, if you've got a distribution chain where you're selling possibly through wholesalers or distributors or retailers, each of those along the way are a customer that has needs and what you're offering has to be tailored to meet their needs.
0: And in terms of the products that didn't make it all the way through to commercialization, what were the most beneficial lessons that you learned from those?
1: Almost always it's that the idea was exciting internally and it didn't excite the potential customer enough. That's nearly always the reason. Sometimes um, products stop because there's a technical problem that you just can't overcome. You know, you want to make a beer that does a certain thing or has the head that, you know, is creamy on a, a bubbly body. And technically, that might fall at a barrier. But generally, it's about, you know, getting too excited about your own ideas and the customers that you think will want it are a little less excited than you'd like them to be.
0: You also held the role of Innovation Director with Kellogg's in Europe. Talk to us about the highlights of that experience. In that
1: role, there were probably about 170 live innovation projects um, across Europe at any point in time, from quite small ones where you're making a small change to a product to big, you know, national UK launches. My role there was actually the gatekeeper rather than pushing projects To I was one of the senior people saying, yes, we're going to invest in that one. No, we're not going to invest invest in that one. Um, so I had, a, I had a different role there. I was the, the, the gamekeeper rather than the poacher, I guess, in that one.
0: So having spent many years working in the field, how would you describe your approach to innovation today?
1: So my approach is very much, it's all about, you have an idea, but does the customer value the idea that you want? So there's a lot of very interesting ideas, very nice ideas out there. But ultimately, somebody has to see enough value in it that they will give you their hard-earned money and they think that they're getting good value for money in exchange for what it is you're serving them.
0: So is the approach taken then in relation to that to develop this minimum viable product and get it out to the market as soon as you can to test it?
1: Certainly, there should be a lot of testing along the way, but it it depends on on the type of launch that you're doing. Certainly, as a very small business... Um, minimum viable product is usually the best way to go. You're testing and you're learning. It's very appropriate in software, but in other types of innovation, you might have to invest a lot of capital, you know, just to get to test stage. And in in that case, I would recommend doing other consumer research. So in in my case for dog dry, um, I used. Um, a a research agency to do a a, a concept test with a nationally representative sample so that I had hard data that says yes there are enough people in the country who will buy this um, and therefore I could invest to,
0: to develop it So provide us with more insight into that particular project
1: so Dog came about as a problem that I experienced, I have. We have a lovely golden retriever. She's our family pet. She loves the water and she jumps into the water on the beach pretty much every evening. And she gets soaked. Our car gets soaked and she gets into the house and the house gets soaked. And we used to dry her off with towels. But during lockdown, it just seemed to be a problem that was recurring. I had a little bit of time on my hands and I thought, well, Maybe there's a better way to do this. And so I looked and said, well, in other sectors, how do people deal with, you know, unwanted water, unwanted liquid? Um, And actually, it was the, the, the fabrics that are used in sustainable nappies that were really interesting to me, because if you can... Um, hold that liquid while a baby is comfortable and nothing spreads around the house then could we get similar fabrics and make a drying robe for a dog out of it and we developed from there
0: So once you identified that there was a need in the market for this what was the next step in that regard?
1: So the next step then was finding somebody who could um, who could design it in such a way that um, dogs would like to wear it um, for a number of reasons, one is that if you, you know, if you buy something your dog's not comfortable in it, you're you know you won't get the use out of it, um, and secondly, dogs come in so many shapes and sizes, but a retailer who's stocking it won't want to stock twenty different sizes. It makes it very difficult for a, for their customers to choose the right one. So we brought in a fashion designer at that stage as somebody who's an expert in how people move and how to cut clothes to fit different different body shapes and she helped us then to to finalize the design um so that we got to five sizes and we, we will probably expand to seven but we currently we fit dogs from small terriers up to um bernie's with just five different sizes
0: and talk to us about the potential size of this market
1: well the Irish market is, is is Ireland is a small enough country so in Ireland um one in just over one in four households has a dog we have an average of 1.4 dogs per household and 40% of those dogs are mixed breed so you know if everybody in Ireland bought one that's you know about half a million people half a million households of 1.4 dogs but I see this as a a big export potential so every dog in the world at some point in time gets wet. I don't think there's any product that's like ours out there in the market. So there are um, towels to dry dogs, there are shaped towels, but there's nothing that actually contains all the mess and stops it from getting out the other side and creating damp patches in your house and in your car. So the UK market, we've got about just under 6 million households of dogs. Um, In France, it's 5.9 million. The States, it's 39 million households have a dog. So the market's very big. It's just getting there as a small business will take a little while.
0: And Francis, on that very topic of getting there, what is your route to market going to be?
1: Okay, so we start with direct to consumer online um, and that gives us credibility. We we build sales, we learn, um, we go to retail events and you learn a lot from how customers are reacting to it. So what surprised me a little there was how many people were buying it as a gift for their friend with a dog, rather than just for their own dog? Um, so that was a learning for me there, um, which then makes me look at: well, should we be in retail only in pet stores, or actually should we be in homeware, gift, garden centres, and that sort of those sort of stores? And um, so our route to market. Eventually, I would see it that we will have a wholesale and distribution network, so we can have wide distribution. The start mould, and we build it.
0: And what are your growth plans for the business over the next five years? So, in five years' time, I
1: hope we will have a, a successful SME based in a headquarters in Waterford, and that we will be exporting to several markets, and we will build a strong, um, a strong business that has long-term potential based in Waterford.
0: And Francis, have you any ideas for other products for the animal market, the dog market, or elsewhere?
1: I do, but I wouldn't announce them at this stage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Frances O'Reilly from Dogdry and it certainly sounds like she has a very clear growth plan for her business. After the break, Brenda O'Riordan from Bordish Guevara discusses a new funding scheme that will be of immense interest to Wexford businesses operating within the blue economy. So do stay tuned for that.